powered by Clear Vision Development Group. This is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Welcome to Better Than Before. Hi, I'm Tony Richards, and this is the CEO Leaders Podcast Show. I'm here along with producer Bill. Hi, Tony. And we have one clear objective to provide tools, information, and entertainment to make you better than before in business and in life. Please become a subscriber because you will be notified every time we drop a brand new episode each week on Tuesday. And on our show today, my special guest is Trisha Ben of the Hero Club and the C-Suite Radio Network. I'm looking forward to talking to Trisha. She's on the line and it's blinking at me. So I will be going to her uh, here in just a few minutes. And I want to remind you that if you're interested in some professional development that will really benefit you and your performance, you need to check out our self-esteem workshop coming up on Tuesday, May the 28th. It's a one-day interactive experience. I think you'll really enjoy it. We did one last year. We got some great reviews on it. And uh, this year, it's one day. We start around 9. We finish up around 3, 3.30. And uh, in that short amount of time, I want to take you and your self-esteem to higher, more productive levels. You know what? If you're an entrepreneur, some of the issues with your growth could possibly be your self-esteem. I used to think it was... Uh, something to do with the financial end of it, but really most of it has to do with how you feel about you. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to spend some time pumping you up and rebuilding your self-esteem. And don't be nervous or embarrassed about it. Sometimes we need some help. And, you know, what I'm trying to do is provide a forum and a platform for you to get some of that self-esteem help that you need. Uh, you could be a mid-level executive in a company and you want to someday be in the C-suite. And for that, you're going to need healthy self-esteem. Keyword, healthy uh, most people don't even know what that looks like, sounds like, what criteria would would be looked at or any of that. So if you're just interested in being a better all-around performer, self-esteem is a good place to start. You can find out more information and sign up at our website at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Also, um, want to remind you that my book, The Big Idea, is available online at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, BooksAmillion.com. You can also get it at ClearVisionDevelopment.com, and you can pick up audio versions at Audible.com and also ClearVisionDevelopment.com. It's The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now. And uh, I have had so much satisfaction and fun out of the feedback and comments I've gotten from people who have read and utilized my book, The Big Idea. If you need a business advisor or coach, I'd love to discuss possibly working with you. 
there uh, you go to our website there's a way there at clearvisiondevelopment.com that you can contact me and what sorts of things would we work on well primarily I get calls from CEOs and presidents when their growth is stalled they've hit a plateau and they're not quite sure how to get the growth running again or get the machine working again and something specific that that could be due to is limited capital and uh, sometimes you only have so much cash that you can invest in your business and I'm going to talk more about this challenge coming up in segment three here on Better Than Before. Trisha Ben is coming up next and we're going to get to her in just a second. Better Than Before is sponsored by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. The all-new three-row Subaru Ascent. Room for up to eight passengers. Choice of second row captain's chairs or bench seating. Standard EyeSight driver assist technology. Coming from Kelly Blue Book's most trusted brand for four years running. The Subaru Ascent. Love is now bigger than ever. University Subaru, your locally owned dealer. From here, been here, always will be here. Do you apologize for your behavior? Are you constantly worrying about what others think about you or frequently criticize yourself? Self-esteem affects everything we do and is one of the key indicators of success in business. Tony's new self-esteem workshop will help you develop the tools necessary to empower you to overcome the pressure and unfamiliarity of professional and personal circumstances. Through Tony's guidance, you'll learn how to perceive threats and vulnerabilities to better prepare for challenging situations, resolve the baggage that keeps you back, and improve self-esteem when you need it most. Join us on May 28th for this one-day self-esteem workshop. Space is limited. Don't let low self-esteem hold you back from living the life you'd like to live. Register online now at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before, and we are honored that Trisha Ben is joining us today. She's an executive vice president with the C-Suite Radio Network and general manager of the Hero Club. This is a group of CEOs, founders, and investors who commit to a life balance of hard work while giving back to the communities in which they serve. Her responsibilities include leading teams across the organization, bringing in new partnerships and building new business models to monetize the growth and opportunity within these communities. Previously, she was Global Chief Marketing and Strategy Officer and U.S. Managing Director within MDC Partners, a $3 billion global holding company. As an executive within both organizations, her goal is to transform businesses by creating a movement of collaboration that leads with integrity, transparency, and measure success beyond the numbers alone. Through a number of networking events, relevant content, and other services, her mission is to support C-level executives and other entrepreneurs achieve professional success. We are excited and honored to have Tricia Ben here today. Hi, Tricia. Hi, Tony. So great to be here with you. You are an action-oriented individual. (laughs) 
That is absolutely true. And I didn't mention that you're a national speaker also, and you speak to multiple organizations, and uh, you're, you're, uh, you're quite a person on the go. Um, one thing I was kind of wondering, uh, where do you live and what's your background? Where'd you grow up and, and that sort of thing? Oh, my goodness. That's probably one of the most confusing questions I get asked, Tony, because I'm actually a Canadian. I grew up in southwestern Ontario, and I spent uh, about 15 years dedicated to competitive figure skating. So my childhood was first very much a tomboy. I was driving tractor at five years old, learned how to drive um, on a three-quarter ton pickup. But I also had this competitive figure skating uh, life and trained at the Olympic Training Center in Canada. And I'll tell you what, uh, when you train 10 to 12 hours a day, six days a week, and one millimeter here or there makes the difference between you know, a winning performance and being flat on your face. Speaking is very, very easy. I can move my head like this to my hands and nothing's going to happen. So it was a really great childhood for learning, you know, just how to dedicate and look at how you deliver on long-term goals by setting up the short and mid-term goals that get you there and certainly surrounding yourself with the people who will help you to deliver on that mission um, and want to be in that mission with you. So it taught me a lot. I'm very familiar with uh, northern women. My wife grew up in the northern part of North Dakota, which is just like 50 miles from the Canadian border. And she's very comfortable around cattle, horses. She can ride in a pickup truck and she can skate on ice skates. So Exactly. My uh, eldest daughter, when she found out about my figure skating past, my, my husband was telling her stories. Um, she was about five years old and she said, Mommy, I want to be a figure skater just like you. And I thought, okay, well, here's where the real conversation starts. I said, love. Yeah. Every child should learn how to skate, you know, especially a Canadian girl. And she's, she's, uh, our kids are dual citizens. I said, at the end of the day, you need to understand figure skating is not going to be your sport, love. It's going to be really important for you to find what is your sport. <laughs> My husband is six foot seven. So at 13 years old, she's already several inches taller than I am. So, um, you know, it, the basketball, swimming. I'm learning about tall sports, Tony. Well, I, I grew up on a quarter horse farm in Kentucky, and I, I had a horse accident that injured my knee when I was uh, 13. And so consequently, my right ankle has always been a little off and, and weak, and that leg has been a little bit different than the, the left one. Uh, so when I saw my wife, uh, skating on ice skates, my first thought was, wow, you must really have strong ankles, you know? You know, um, there are a couple things there. Uh, actually strong ankles is not the thing for figure skating. It's uh, strong boots and, uh, uh, and I've got blood stains in mine still to prove it. But, uh, yeah. Injury. Oh my goodness. Working through injuries. I, I injured my knee as well. And, and for the rest of your life, that doesn't quite feel the same as the, uh, the other one. That's for sure. Um, Coming back to your original question, I actually now sure. live in Pittsburgh. My husband is our uh, stay-at-home dad, and um, and this is where he's from. So three years ago, we decided we would move here. And given that I travel the better part of at least 40 weeks a year, um, it's really nice to be able to be here with the family and, um, and be supported here. Having said that, I'm headquartered in New York, and I travel everywhere. So, and I've lived in different parts of Canada, different parts of the U.S. and in England uh, throughout my adult life. So, so <laughs> that's why I said it's, it's always a little bit confusing when people ask me where I'm from, kind of everywhere. 
Well, um, we are a proud member and affiliate of the C-Suite Radio Network that, that has our our show better than before on it and you're of course a very big part of that and also the hero club so tell me a little bit about what what are you trying to accomplish with the hero club so the hero club is a council of the c-suite network and so what we mean by that is it's sort of a subgroup a special community within the whole c-suite network platform and you're right we're so thrilled you're part of the c-suite network radio tony it's um largest business podcast platform uh, in the world. And we are so thrilled to see how it's growing. And But for the Hero Club, our mission is very, very clear and very concise. Uh, we're looking for great leaders that are CEOs, founders, investors. On the CEO and founder side, it's all about wanting to grow a business and have tremendous success. Um, for all three, it's about impact. And so Every single one of our members has pledged to lead with integrity, transparency, give back to their communities, and share in their success. And so it's just an absolutely phenomenal group. And we have one mission, which is just to help them accelerate the growth of their business. And the sort of subset of that is to really support and build a movement of this great leadership and great leaders uh, for everyone to understand their impact on our communities, our economy, and and our democracies. You know, uh, when I read somebody who has such an impressive bio uh, like yours and is doing so much great work, I always think about the challenges that you've faced in the past. And one of the great things about having people like yourself on the show is we get to share that with our listeners. So I want to ask you about some of the challenges that you faced and, you know, how, how did you face them? How did you overcome them? What did you learn? Things like that. Jeez. You know, we all face challenges. I think, I think probably the best thing I can say about challenges is when you are on the mission, you believe you're meant to be on and you have the right people on that mission with you. Every challenge is almost gamified, Tony. It's almost gamified from the perspective of, okay, how are we going to do this? We know where we need to be. So how do we get there? And, um, and I think, you know, as you come to understand yourself better and how you're motivated and what really draws out the best in you, um, that's, that's where you kind of get through those challenges and your scale of, you know, zero to 10, where everything suddenly is, you know, you're at that eight to 10 level where everything's a challenge, everything's stressful, uh, everything's big. And you, you have those breakthrough moments and it kind of spreads out again. And then you take on the, you know, the bigger mountains. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, 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 um, that being on the mission, I think the challenges become um, just a matter of time, just a matter of time. How do you work through them and, and, Time is the most costly thing we have <laughs> in business um, and in life, right? Um, so, so how do we get through those challenges faster? And um, and so, yeah, I, I think it's just something, just accepting it's something all of us work through all the way through our careers too. I mean, Tony, look at your tremendous career and everything that you've done. Um, you know, you, you, you work through those challenges um, step by step, one step after the other, just like the rest, right? You know, when you said uh, gamified, I had this incredible mind image of like Girl Scout and Boy Scout badges. Mm -hmm. And it's it's like we earn those as we go through our careers, right? I, I, I've, you know, I've made this mistake and that mistake, but I got my badge. <laughs> it's such an interesting analogy because 
um, you know, as we get those badges, how do we think about how we bring others with us? And, you know, uh, there are a lot of conversations about millennials and, um, you know, you can, you can put any name into that group. It's a prejudice to say it that way. <laughs> right. I agree. I agree. And I, it wears me out at times. It, it, it really does. It's wrong. You know, we, we all know it's wrong. You could put any other name in there and of course it would be wrong. Um, and so, you know, that badging system and how we really draw out the best of everything that everyone has to bring to the table, I think is a really critical piece of what being a hero leader is about. Um, it's not about, you know, prejudging. It's about figuring out and, and making sure that you're aligning all of your, uh, your, your values and your mission to draw out the best from every single person. Um, and I thought of this last week, I was doing an interview um, and we got into this discussion about millennials not joining boards and volunteering in the same ways that, you know, we did the, the let's say 45 plus. Um, and, uh, and I said, you know, it's because if they, they don't see any impact with a bunch of people sitting around a table, they can build an app right now and have it actually helping somebody, or they could be out doing something right now and it'll help somebody. So, so this notion of kind of sitting around and earning our stripes it does. It doesn't equate totally, and it doesn't take advantage of the amazing things that they have to bring to the table. I don't know how many times I have been requested to come to organizations and talk about generational differences, and I just refuse. Um, what I tell them is, I would love to come to your organization and talk about commonality, right? Uh, you know, and the things that are in our all of our best interests. Uh, and the things that we have in common and utilizing our various strengths and all of those types of things. But to just come and point out um, what the differences are, I'm not sure. I'm, I just don't know that that's helpful. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, um, I, I had some really early cues because I was a woman executive in Gen X and it's a very small generation, yes. um, and I grew up in public affairs, a very male dominated, you know, field. And so I had this next generation that I really wanted to bring along quickly because I had, I had big things I wanted to be able to accomplish and I could see all these amazing things. And then, and then on top of that, I was running a number of, I, I built a, um, an insights practice. It was the first um, insights practice built in an enterprise-sized organization in Canada that actually charged for research. Um, so, you know, in, 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 up until fairly recently, that was a business that was tens of millions in a cost center. And I turned it into a revenue generating, um, you know, uh, insights practice. And, um, and what I saw in the benchmark studies that we were building was employees, and, and one of them is still ongoing, it's over 20 years now, the Sanofi uh, Healthcare Benefits Study. Um, and what I saw in the data was younger employees just wanted the same things. They wanted exactly the same things. But the problem was that our you know, Gen X, boomers, we expected they should have to go through the same earning process to get those benefits. Um, and, and so I agree with you entirely. It wasn't about, um, it wasn't about differences. It was about an expectation of the same, you know, flexibility, control, purpose, meaning, you know, all of these things that they wanted to be able to, to get that frankly, we taught them is what they should be looking for. Yeah. I think as baby boomers and gen Xers, we just believed and were taught to put your head down, work hard and good things will happen. 
and just have faith. But I, I believe that this particular group of people that are now quite aged in the workforce. I mean, we, we keep talking about millennials as if they're 19 and they're not, they're not. I mean, some of them are reaching their forties and, um, I believe they want a career path. They want, you know, it very well defined and explained what they have to do and where it's going to take them. And, uh, I've, I've had a numerous clients where they just had an incredible amount of turnover because, they didn't have that career path laid out, and I, I think that's something that organizations have to do for that particular group. I'm glad that you brought up about being a, a female executive. I have a client right now, and she is just chomping to get to the C-suite. And while I've got you on the show, we have quite a few female executive listeners, and I want to ask you about your advice for female executives who want to get in the C-suite. So... um I, I, I love this question and I think it applies to, you know, it uh, certainly applies to women executives, but anybody that's sort of been outside of that C-suite um, or uh, board table uh, conversation. Um, for women specifically, back in the 80s, early 90s, uh, arguably parity in education happened. And, and, and the notion was that that would mean that, you know, you play out 20, 30, 40 years and we'd see the equal or, or parity scenarios in the boardrooms, in, in uh, corner offices and so on. And of course, we're nowhere near that. Um, so my personal opinion is that it's not about education and certification at all anymore. And so there are, you know, and I've had some fairly huge conversations about this topic, you know, with other women because, um, you know, this notion that we somehow need more certification, we need more education. It, 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 to me, it's like, well, that's nice. It's very nice. And, and it gives, you know, if it, if it gives you um, pleasure, if it feeds your mind, if it gives you, um, you know, strength, courage, great. And I don't mean to in any way <laughs> take away from that experience. But in terms of seeing larger numbers in the executive in the um, in in our boardrooms, I think it's part of just being part of real business conversations, and and that for me again brings us back to Hero Club, where we create a space where listen, if you're on this mission and you want to build great businesses, be successful, and and do all of those things that that means, um, with the values that we hold, because we're a value-based organization, then we're all for it and we're in. And we're creating a space where you can come and you can have those real conversations and, and be part of what's really going on for business decisions to be made. Um, the idea that people get selected for boards because of their education and even because of their experience is ludicrous. Um, that is that is absolutely table stakes. It's like saying we need oxygen to breathe. Of course, <laughs> you know, but, but you get selected because you can go to war together. You get selected because you know you're, you're you can count on each other. You can trust. There's a trust. There's a there's a belief. There's a faith. There's an alignment, and you can't get that without being part of real conversations. So, thinking back on uh, having a mentor or a coach in your career, who, who was that for you and what did you learn from them? Oh my goodness. Um, so I've had um, so many phenomenal people in my life and I think um, obviously they're coming back to the, the conversation of real, real conversations that, uh, you know, people that can give you 
um, that, that genuine feedback and you know they're coming from a place that is constructive and supportive, but will will give you that tough love, I think is really critical. Um, for me, I think my mentoring started very young. Uh, my mother um, and, and my grandmother before that, my grandmother started her own business uh, back in the day. And uh, it was a um, kind of like, almost like a secretarial services mail completion kind of company. And, um, and so she had her own money and, and a lot of independence and control and, you know, all those types of things. And then my mother became a veterinarian and spoke uh, globally. Um, she did her master's while she had my brother and sister. Um, she's absolutely phenomenal. And, and my mother, as my early mentor, uh, really kind of made me her business partner where she would share things she was working on in terms of culture with her teams, um, you know, um, how, how to how to really create effective teams, um, how to build towards success, how to make a difference, um, all of those types of things. And then just being out there, I, I literally got to college age without understanding that there was any difference between uh, what men and women uh, could do in the workforce. I had no clue that um, that that wasn't normal. I thought, I thought that was totally normal. What's your mom's name? Dana Ben, Dr. Dana Ben. Oh, awesome. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're coaching, mentoring and leading people, what's your favorite thing about that? Oh my goodness. Well, so, um, I would say my, my favorite thing about that. And, um, and I'm sure uh, you have this as well, Tony, you know, what are your conditions of satisfaction for your life and your professional life? Um, and my first one is to always be reaching for my great. I want to, I want to grow until I die. Um, and, uh, and, and, and so I want to grow to my great and I want to be helping others to get to theirs every day. So that whole, um, fulfillment of, uh, mentoring and supporting somebody, um, to get to their great is, um, is incredibly fulfilling for me. And, and one of my conditions of satisfaction, if I'm not doing that, then, um, I'm not going to be satisfied with my, with my day, my week, my year. It's, um, it's, it's just it's so incredibly fulfilling to see people reach for their great, which is not my great, which I absolutely love. Um, and, and in the hero club, you know, we have several hundred business leaders that are doing such extraordinary things. I always say if I could live, I, I love vicariously living through all of them because if I had a thousand lives to lead, I'd lead each of theirs, you know? Um, it's, uh, it's tremendous to have just that tiny little bit of impact on people getting to their great. What is, uh, what's challenging you right now in your work? With the Hero Club and C-Suite Network, our biggest challenge is, is the greatest one you can have and the biggest one you can have is, is growth. Um, we're expanding and growing like crazy. And for any business leader listening, um, you all know what that means. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely got its challenges and I can never, none of us can find enough minutes in the day um, another one of my mentors has been Jeffrey Hazlett, our chairman and CEO, and um, now my partner. I'm um, on the leadership team of C-Suite Network, and um, you know that that push. You know that push. Um, how do you how do you make sure that you're prioritizing the most important things, and that everything we're doing is supporting the growth that we're looking for um, in the entire platform? And, uh, and then with the, the different groupings that we have, obviously TV and radio and, um, our councils, which hero club is one of, and, um, and our other services and benefits and events and so on. 
We're talking with Trisha Ben, who is the executive vice president of the C-Suite Network and also general manager of the Hero Club. And so I've got a standard list of closing questions I ask every guest uh, who comes on the show, and I'm just kind of looking for the first thing that comes to mind. So what's the best memory that comes to mind for you immediately? Oh, my goodness. Best memory. Um, I think, I think, um, being, uh, a child, uh, in the, in the out of doors, I, I grew up on a, on a farm and, uh, didn't have to worry about anything. So I think that idea, like out in the fields, you can see my, my ducks and my grass behind me. Can you see that, Tony? Yes. <laughs> That's my connection to nature because a lot of times I'm, you know, in, uh, in, uh, events with very different attire than I would be out in the woods. We have a lake here by our office, and water is one of my things that soothes my soul. So, yeah. uh, speaking of, who's the number one hero in your life? Number one hero. Well, so the Hero Club was founded by Rob Ryan, um, and so I'm, I'm going to give you sort of not my my personal uh, hero, but but what inspires me with my work every day. Um, Rob Ryan built Ascend Communications from the ground up, sold it for over $20 billion back in 99. And then he and his wife, who was the chief legal counsel, they profit shared with every single employee. So we believe they made more millionaires than has ever been ever been made in one of those, uh, in, in this type of acquisition. Um, and so, you know, the, the, the fact that he did that um, to um, not only um, benefit all of the people that that um, that were employed with him that built that company, um, but then started the Hero Club to um, to to keep that ethos um, supported and accelerated. Um, I have to say that you know that's that's this, that's what inspires me every single day. That by the way, that was the largest private tech sale for 17 years until LinkedIn was acquired uh, by Microsoft. Um, so. So if I had to say my first hero, I guess I would uh, I would say um, Rob Ryan. Um, we always say in the Hero Club membership, Jeffrey Hazlett, who founded the C-Suite Network, is our uh, is our first uh, you know our uh, our first hero. So Rob's the origin, and and uh, Jeff's our first hero. Um, but every member in the Hero Club truly inspires me uh, every single day. We we can't find enough minutes in the day, Tony. It, there's just there are so many great things that business leaders are doing across this country and across the world. Um, and we see all the bad actors, you know, in the news and we hear all the bad stories, the greed and selfishness and, and um, horrendous things that are done. And certainly me too will continue to contribute to um, a lot of, you know, negative uh, stories um, as, as that should, of course, but, but, there are so many great things that are happening and so many great things that, um, that our business leaders are doing that, that have tremendous impact. Well, quite frankly, that's one of the things that helped me make the decision to become part of the C-Suite Radio Network is because I am just sick and tired of the beating that business takes. And we do so many great things. I'm so glad that we're all working together to highlight those. What is the top value you subscribe to? Um, the top value, you know, I think, I think, um, <laughs> so, um, uh, I'll, I'll make myself vulnerable. For many years, I wouldn't use this word in business, um, but but love. I think it's important to be. Um, I think it's important to be loving and um, and and to really think to your impact, 
and, um, and, and how that is played out. And it doesn't mean you don't play tough, um, but really genuinely caring about the impact you have and how you can create success that impacts others. And, you know, I'll give you an example. We have uh, Hero Club members that founded a water company. Um, great. I'm, I'm sure there are many, many water companies in the world. Uh, but they've fed over 13 million people. Um, and, and they're continuing to spread that, um, you know, as far and wide as they can. Uh, when we were in Vegas for our member meetings a few weeks ago, we packed over 3,000 meal bags um, for children in the Las Vegas area. Uh, we're committed to having a positive impact everywhere we go. And, and you know, I know this week uh, they're going to be in New Jersey meeting um, to go over ways that they can be impacting and using food that would otherwise be thrown away. Um, and, and so there's just, um, yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's so much there. Who's the most important person in your life? Oh, I th these are impossible questions, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my goodness. I, I can't even imagine. I, I, so I'm very blessed. Um, I have a husband who totally supports my insanity and the fact that I am so mission driven. I have two daughters. Uh, they're 13 and eight. Same thing. I think they're getting to be, you know, kind of fourth generation crazy women. They inspire and push me and totally support me. Oh my goodness. My friends, my, my team, I'm just entirely grateful. Even just Tony, like I had a conversation with a gentleman today. He's been incredibly successful. He's the largest independently owned uh, company of his kind in America. Amazingly successful in so many ways. And he said to me, Trisha, I'm really looking for a peer group that I can have real conversations with that genuinely care about their legacy, that are, um, you know, values based. And what I've seen, and he's been looking for, for he told me several months now, but, and he hasn't, you know, found his place. And, and so the more we started speaking about what he wanted to be able to do and who he wanted to connect into and why he hadn't connected into groups that are, you know, um, had values he didn't share, the more I just thought, you know, the, the blessing of just being able to connect in with people like you, Tony, like, like the others that we have in our network and in our membership and on our team, it's not just about the bottom line. It's about so much more. And, and the irony of that is that when it's coming from an authentic place, um, you actually, every study shows <laughs> Harvard, Stanford, I mean, you name it, every study shows better numbers, better loyalty, uh, better sustainability, better adaptability. You know, all of these things really do play out successfully um, when it's coming from that authentic place and you're connecting with others that, that believe the same way. What's your favorite thing? My favorite thing. Um, I love food. <laughs> well, that's actually my next question. What's your favorite food? Oh my. So I always say if my last meal had to be just one thing. So as you might imagine, I am very eclectic. I, I love everything and I love everything that makes people different. And so I always say if I had only choose one thing for my last meal, I would choose dim sum just because it gives you so much variety. Um, and, and different flavors, different foods, and so on. And I'm not, a, I'm not a very large person. My dad was a jockey. You know, my mom's a, a very small stature as well. And so, um, yeah, no, I love it. I love everything. I love, um, I, I don't think there's any food I don't like. What's the most beautiful place you've ever visited? I, I, I guess I would say um, Greece. 
And our cottages are in Tomogamy, which is a very northern place in Ontario, Canada. I don't know if you'd remember, but back in the early 90s, uh, the old growth forest there was protected by um, environmentalists. And they chained themselves to the old growth forest. And so that forest, the white pines are still there. It's incredibly beautiful. If you could describe success in one word, what would that word be? Fulfillment. How do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as um, someone who genuinely loved and cared and built successfully with everyone that I touched. What's your best advice for a younger Tricia? Keep going. <laughs> good. That's a good one. What's your What's your favorite sound? Um, rain pattering on the, the cottage roof. I listen to it every night. I love thunderstorms. Um, and then last question, what's the best lesson you feel you've learned? You know, I think the best lesson I've learned is to keep learning. Um, and, um, and, and honestly, the one that I'm working through right now is you act as your biggest self to have the most impact you can possibly have. And so that's something I'm, you know, working through right now in terms of what is my biggest self and how do I get there as quickly as possible to have maximum benefit for everybody that I am building with and building for. Tricia Ben is our guest today, Executive VP of the C-Suite Network and General Manager of the Hero Club. I know we have people listening today who want to know more. So how do they find out more about the Hero Club? So you can just go to www.heroceoclub.com. Heroceoclub.com. And if there's part of you saying, oh my goodness, is this real? Please go there and, and reach out because there's just, you know, tremendous leaders uh, like Tony and so many more that are doing great things and um, we'd love to meet you. Well, Tricia, listen, you're a friend and I'm so glad you took time out of your busy schedule to visit with us today. Thank you so much, Tony. And thank you. This is absolutely fantastic. Love being able to join you. Good, good. I'll have uh, your leadership and business lesson coming up next on Better Than Before. The all-new three-row Subaru Ascent. Room for up to eight passengers. Choice of second-row captain's chairs or bench seating. Standard EyeSight driver assist technology. Coming from Kelly Blue Book's most trusted brand for four years running. The Subaru Ascent. Love is now bigger than ever. University Subaru, your locally owned dealer. From here, been here, always will be here. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. I hope you enjoyed that talk with Trisha Ben, truly an interesting person who is doing some very interesting and beneficial work with the Hero Club. One of the challenges that businesses face 
in growth is limited capital. And the thing you learn very, very fast is that if your business is growing, if it's in high growth mode, it's in high cash burn mode. You need cash to grow your business. And the more growth you're trying to invent or trying to get going, the more cash reserves you're going to need. And the need to have enough operating capital as well as investment capital changes based on what stage of growth you're in and what your long-term vision for growth is. Limited capital to grow is going to be an issue for you regardless whether your company delivers a product, whether or not you deliver a service. Taking the time in the early stages of the company to get a handle on those resources that you're going to need to grow is very critical. And keeping an eye on those cash reserves as your company grows, uh, if you're a mature company, you always need to know where you are on your capital. And too often, the mentality that comes across is, well, I'll just work harder. But too many business leaders get too short-sighted when it comes to evaluating the amount of cash that they're going to need to get the company off to a solid start or perhaps to keep it viable as it goes forward. Uh, as a challenge, having limited capital to grow can negatively impact growth all along the way, not just in terms of reaching specific indicator targets such as number of clients or number of customers or revenue or volumes or profits, but in the long-term view that takes the company beyond this immediate vision that you have in the short term. For instance, if a company is working with a product that's time sensitive to the marketplace, a lack of capital can hinder it from day one. Maybe you're a startup business and you're looking for outside investment capital. We've talked about this in previous episodes. You as the CEO are going to need help creating that solid business plan that you can use to explain to investors what your needs are going to be because they're going to want to know. There's so many different types of business plans and so much that goes into a business plan that's designed to help raise outside investment capital. And that's far different in content than an operational business plan. And if you go back to our episode where I interviewed Andy Lyons, she talks a lot about startups and how she helps them, right? CEOs should not attempt to create an investment business plan by yourself. It needs to be a team effort. Maybe you want to get your ABC team on it. What's your ABC team? Your attorney, banker, your CPA. That's your ABC team. Or maybe the team of people that you have working with you on your exec team or uh, in your small group of employees. Or, you know, I mean, if you're a larger company CEO, that's going to fall to the CFO and his team, right? But whatever it is, you're going to have to utilize the expertise that you need to get you through the critical process. The money spent on the front end more than pays for itself on the back end. If the CEO is not going after outside investment money, then the options become somewhat challenging, right? Being very clear about what's needed up front, if we're talking about a startup, uh, what you need up front to start the business and then to be financially healthy until sales starts coming in the door is very critical. 
And there are all kinds of free resources and free websites that can help you outline a path for acquiring outside investment capital. And, you know, we talked about, you know, friends, family, and fools, you know, in a previous episode too. Sometimes they're willing to lend you some startup money with a payback plan. But, you know, there's bank loans. Uh, you just know that banks are risk averse. Uh, they become essentially your partner in the deal. No matter what your needs are, you're going to need something that's very well thought out and very well put together. Regardless of how you get your money, it's critical that you figure out in advance how you're going to then uh, deploy that capital. You need to put together a solid profit plan, an annual budget, and to use these planning tools to hold you and your team accountable in terms of seeing a return on your efforts, return on your equity, return on your assets every single month. And if you do a good job running your business, then this, these, these kind of issues are going to be challenging but not insurmountable. So what are some questions you want to ask yourself? Have you identified your capital needs, right? So do you know what you're going to need as far as cash to do what you need to do? So you need to have a solid, realistic view of your company and what you want your company to be and what stage of growth you want it to be in and what that stage looks like. You need a budget and profit plan. You need to have an investment and capital deployment plan, what you're going to spend that money on. And you also need to look at where are my cash uh, sources going to come from? Is it going to come from outside capital, uh, from friends, family, fools, banks, uh, in, investors? How, how's, that, how's that going to work? Without cash, though, I can tell you right now, it's like blood to the body. It's like oxygen to the body. If you don't have it, you're in trouble. Understanding your financial needs in your business is possibly one of the top three jobs of every CEO and by understanding the critical components that drive the ability of your company to be profitable, you're going to stay ahead of your financial challenges. If you don't understand it, you're going to be running in quicksand. Organic growth or perhaps using investment capital still requires a well thought out plan. What about marketing? How are you going to market your company? What are your capital deployment uh, uh, needs as far as marketing goes. What about the sales process? You know, how are you going to get the sales process going? Do you need to hire salespeople? Uh, do they need to be inside or outside sales? Uh, those are all things that you're going to have to, to walk through very, very carefully. Simply driving a lot of revenue into a business is not a plan. Many companies have gone under with solid sales. How's that possible? It's possible, believe me. But by taking the time up front to identify all aspects of your business growth plan and outlining your key processes that we've discussed here and your hiring plan and your capacity, a business leader can increase your chances of success by 10. You can 10x your chances of success by simply slowing down a little bit and putting a solid plan together.
That's our show today. Better Than Before is sponsored by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. Be sure to give us a five-star rating. It helps us in so many ways. And uh, it'll make you feel good, too, because you gave something nice to someone. And we really appreciate it. Follow me on Twitter at TonyRichards4 and follow our company at ClearVisionDEV. On behalf of our associate producer, Whitney Coker, and chief producer, Bill Foster, I'm Tony Richards on Better Than Before, reminding you that everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.